Well, good afternoon, everyone. Amen. Amen. It's a joy to be together, to make much of Jesus, uh, and to to do that through the preached word now. So if you have your Bible, let me go ahead and get you to turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, as we come to an end uh, in our four-week series in the book of Acts on marks of a biblical church. Amen? Amen. Amen. So a brief recap, uh, just to, you know, take us back where we were and where we will be heading today, is that, um, you know, we started this series to look at the early church, uh, the first church, and, and what shaped their gathering in hopes that it would continue to strengthen and continue to shape ours, right? And so that's that's the whole point of us getting into this to, to look at the early church and to look at what the early church was about and what they devoted themselves to. So week one, we looked at devoting ourselves to healthy teaching, uh, thinking about the, the primacy of God's word, the importance of God's word, and then devoting our lives to God's word. And that it's God's word, once again, and the right teaching of his word that shapes the rest of the elements that we've been looking at over these last few weeks and what we'll look at today, right? And essentially, it shapes everything that we do as a church in every biblical church, right? So that's week one. We looked at the word. We looked at, we looked at devoting ourselves to healthy teaching. Week two, we looked at fellowship and that for, for Christians, we have fellowship with God and we have fellowship with one another, Right? And that is through Jesus that we have this fellowship, that we've been granted this fellowship, and that this fellowship is also to be centered on Jesus. All right. So that was week two. Week three, we looked at the third element. So last week, we looked at the third element in our passage, which is breaking bread, where we discussed regular meals and also the Lord's Supper. So coming together to break bread, uh, devoting ourselves to yeah, regular meals but then also uh, as we come together on the Lord's Day uh, to partake in the Lord's Supper, which will be next Sunday. So do be preparing your hearts uh, as we uh, prepare to partake in the Lord's Supper next Sunday. All right. Today, we'll be looking at the last element that's listed here in this passage, and that is prayer. Prayer. So toward that end, let let me pray, and then we'll dive into our time. Father in heaven, we thank you for how you've already been working in our time. We pray that you'll continue to work, Lord, uh, through the preaching of your word, and specifically as we think about prayer this afternoon. And as we've been praying throughout our service and praying together at at Bible and breakfast this morning, and we had a wonderful, powerful time of prayer this past Wednesday, God, we just want to be soaked in prayer. We want to be soaked in prayer, soaked in your presence. And so, God, would you indeed soak us in you this afternoon and may we continue to be soaked in you as we go in this week ahead we want more of you less of us please give us more of you and less of us and lord would you yeah hide me behind you Uh, would you increase and may i decrease and may as your word is proclaimed i pray that your word will do the work in all of our hearts in every way that you see fit and we pray all this in christ's name Amen. 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 So Acts 2, starting at verse 42, 
reads as follows, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is God's word. Amen? Amen. 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 If you're taking notes, again, here is the main idea. You see that on the screen. This is the main idea that we've been teasing out uh, throughout the start of this series. And that it is this, is that the early church's fellowship was marked by essential elements and evidence fruit as a result. Right? The early church's fellowship was marked by essential elements, essential things that shaped their gathering, that shaped their gathering, that strengthened their gathering. And as a result, fruit was evidence. So our point today is the only point, with sub-points again, but the only point, point one, the only point is devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. And then those two sub-points, sub-point A will be dependent, sub-point B will be directed. So devoted to prayer, Two subpoints, dependent, directed. Let's look at the only point this afternoon. And look at dependent specifically. So devoted to prayer. So we, we see here, let's let's look at the passage again. So Acts 2 42. Here's what it says. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All right. So what we've been seeing over these last few weeks and what we are seeing this afternoon is that uh, the early church devoted themselves to these particular things, right? These particular elements, right? And we see here that the early church devoted themselves to prayer, right? And as we've been learning throughout this series, this wasn't just a, a one-time deal, right? This was a continual devoting themselves to all of the elements we've looked at in the previous weeks and now prayer. Right. So prayer shaped their gathering and continued to shape their gathering. So then simple question, what what is prayer? What is prayer? Well, a very simple definition is talking to God, talking to God. Right. Talking to God. And this is what Jesus taught the apostles to do. Right. And this is what Jesus also modeled before them. So you think about in Matthew 6, Jesus gives them instructions on how to pray. What does he say? He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, so you have the Lord Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. Right? So he teaches them. 
Then we have multiple examples in the Gospels where Jesus devoted time to God in prayer, right? By getting away from the disciples and the crowds to pray. Think about Mark 135, where Reza says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Okay? So the Lord Jesus modeling for us, getting away, away from the crowds, away from the disciples and praying. Or when he was about to be betrayed into the hands of sinners to be crucified, what do we find Jesus doing? What do we find him doing? Praying. Praying. Listen to Luke 22, starting at verse 39, it says, And he came out and went, and as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray, that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So we see that Jesus, even himself, where he could be doing anything else, before he's about to be handed into the hands of sinners, we find him praying to the Father, being dependent upon the Father, telling, saying to the Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, but nevertheless, your will be done, not my own. So Jesus taught them how to pray, and he also modeled a praying life. So it's only right that the early church would then devote themselves to something they learned and saw their master do. It's only right that they would, yeah, devote themselves to something they learned and saw Jesus do. And that's exactly what they did. We see that in our verse this afternoon. But all throughout the book of Acts, this was the pattern of the church. Through examples like in Acts 1, we see the believers devoting themselves to prayer. Right, so Acts 1, 14, if you want to turn there or listen. So Acts 1, 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers and sisters. All there on one accord, devoting themselves to prayer. Another example in choosing an apostle to take the place of Judas. Judas had went aside. And so the people of God come together to do what? Pray. Right? Here it is in Acts 1, 24 through 25. This is the NASB version. It says, and they prayed and said, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all people, show which one of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go his own place, right? 
Another example, so that's, that's in the choosing of an apostle. Another example, Peter and John before healing a man who had been unable to walk since birth. They found themselves praying. So before they healed this man, they prayed. This is in Acts 3, verse 1. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Right. So this is before they, they healed the man who was unable to walk. They prayed. Another example, the apostles themselves, right, devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 6, 4. It says, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So you see the apostles themselves devoting themselves to prayer. I won't read through all the examples, but I'll give it to you to jot these down and read them later on your own time. But a couple of more examples, Acts 10, 4, and also Acts 10, verse 31, Acts 12, verse 5. Acts 16, verse 13, and then also Acts 16, verse 16. Just a few more examples, just to check in your own time, just to see this pattern of prayer that the early church was about. All right? So the the point is this, is that the early church devoted themselves to prayer. There was a sense of energy surrounding this, a devotion, right? A posture, as we looked at the first sermon, a a, a posture towards prayer, a healthy posture, right? They were essentially dependent upon God, depending upon God. They weren't depending on themselves for all of the examples we looked at, right? In the choosing of leadership, leaders, in in doing this and doing that and healing, they were depending on God in prayer. Prayer, to give another simple definition, is essentially dependency upon God. It's a a dependency upon him. I like how John O. uh, puts it in his book, Prayer. He says that prayer is like breathing. Prayer is like breathing. So you think about it, without breath in your lungs, you would be dead. You would not be living this afternoon. Right? And the same is true for the prayerless Christian. Your spiritual life won't survive if you don't spend time in prayer with God. If you don't depend upon God, your spiritual life may grow stale, may grow a little cold. So the question for us Christians in the room is, are you depending on God this afternoon? When it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your personal life, when it comes to your family life, your work, school, basically all of life, are you depending on upon God or are you depending on yourself let that just sink in a bit are you depending on God or are you depending on self 
And I know the temptation in a sermon like this or any that can be preached could be one of, hey, I already know this or I'm already doing this. And let me just speak briefly to that. You may already know. And that's good. I may already know it too. And that's good. Amen. You may already, we may already be doing this. Amen. But guess what? We forget. I forget. You forget. We all forget. I like, it's like Martin Luther, the reformer, uh, when he was asked why he preaches the gospel every week. He was asked, why, why, why do you preach the gospel? Why do you, why do you yeah, continue to preach justification by faith, through faith alone every week? And his response, he was like, it's because we forget it every week. We forget it every week. So similarly, these truths about prayer, about devoting ourselves to prayer, about depending upon God, it may be true that you already know this, but we forget to depend on God. And so the encouragement this afternoon is to recalibrate that, to re-energize that. This afternoon, as we go into this week, where we'll have many opportunities where we need to depend on God. The point of gathering this afternoon is for us as Christians, right, is to be in some sense recharged, mm. to reinvigorate it, mm. right, to be encouraged as we leave out these walls back into our lives, back into our homes, back into work, the world, where there's going to be some stuff this week where you're going to have to depend on God for. So I want to encourage you. So hear these truths with fresh ears this afternoon. See them with fresh eyes this afternoon and then receive them humbly. And may the Lord use these things as we discuss to continue to shape you and us this afternoon. That we might be more and more dependent upon God and not ourselves. So that's, that's being dependent. That's what Jesus yeah, taught the disciples to do. It's also what he modeled himself in doing. And that we see the early church devoting themselves to and depending upon God for everything. Now let's think about the second sum point, directed. So that's dependent, directed. So not only are we to be dependent upon God in prayer, we are to be directed by God through our time in prayer. And we've seen this already in some of the passage, uh, passages I read in, in Acts regarding the early church, for example, with the choosing of a new apostle, so them being directed by God through prayer, right? So it's Acts 1, 24 through 25, and so forth and so forth. And then Jesus himself praying again to the Father, not my will, but your will be done, right? And so that sense of directedness, right? And when you think about it, prayer is really a battle of the will, isn't it? Prayer is submitting your will, my will, your plans, my plans, your desires, my desires 
into the Lord's hands and trusting his will to be worked out in your life. It's a battle of the will. It's a, it's a, it's a not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done as we wrestle with God in prayer. Right? I mean, if you, if you just keep it a buck with yourself, you keep it a hundred with yourself this afternoon, you know you could save yourself a lot of headache and heartache if you just prayed about things more and sought God's wisdom on things more. You know that to be true. You would save yourself a lot of headache and heartache if you prayed about things more and sought the wisdom of God more than what you think about that particular situation. I mean, if you prayed about your job situation, if you prayed about that particular family member, or this and that relationship, the list can go on and on, seeking God's help, submitting your will to God's will, not coming at it as if you, you know everything <laughs> and you know everything about everything and, and what to do about this situation, but coming to God at wit's end. God, I need your help. I don't know what I'm doing. There's, so, so, so there's a sense of directedness, right, through prayer that we we must have and that we see the disciples and the Lord Jesus modeling here for us. And I've, I've heard some, uh, you may have heard this as well, but I heard of some pastor uh, recently telling his congregation uh, that they don't have to pray about everything, which I would say is not true. We are literally told in scripture to pray about everything, right? So think about Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. This, this aspect of we are to be praying to God about everything, submitting our request to God, right? We are to have a posture of prayer. As we're told in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says to, to pray without ceasing. That, that there's to be a, a posture of prayer that's true of us. That we, that we are praying constantly, fervently, praying without ceasing, right? And even some scholars, they, they debate, you know, when they think about the prayers listed here in the text, whether that was a specific time or an ongoing time. Essentially believe it was both, right? That there were some devoted times that the saints devoted themselves to prayer, right? But then also just organically, just throughout the rhythms of the day, just, just praying, right? And some of you all may do this as well. You may have some, some devoted time that you pray in the morning. Essentially, like I try to do that every morning where I have a, a, a block of time where I pray, Right? And then just throughout the day, we go on praying, praying before meetings, praying before, you know, work or emails or whatever the case may be. So, so you see them, both realities 
playing their part at the same time. And essentially, that is to be the posture of the Christian, <laughs> that we talk to God 24-7, and that we have 24-7 access with God, that we can go before him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that encouraging? That we have a God that we can go to all the time, anytime. That he's never sleeping nor slumbering. Like he's, he's awake <laughs> and eager to hear our cry. And that he'll answer. That he'll work in his ways for his glory. James 1.5 tells us if we're lacking wisdom, that we are to ask God, that we are to talk to God, that we are to go to God and ask him, right? It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So we are to be seeking God's direction in all things, family. So the question then, How's that been going for you? How has seeking God's direction in all things been going for you this week? This is what we are to be doing. Seeking God's direction in all things. Tells us to come to him. Ask him for the wisdom that we don't have. That he'll provide the wisdom that we need. And I know there's a lot of things that, yeah, that we've been praying about in our body, right? Things that have happened, things that will happen or are happening. Things that we legitimately, <laughs> things in my own personal life, legitimately, that I don't know <laughs> what to do about this or that situation. I actually find myself in that predicament all the time. Like, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do within this family situation or in this pastoral situation or I don't, I don't, I don't, man, I got this hard thing that has been shared with me. I don't know what to do about it, Lord. I, but, I, but I do want to honor you and please you with the wisdom or the encouragement that I will share. Help me with this, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling with sin. Help me with my sin, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in this relationship. Lord, help me with this relationship. Give me wisdom. Direct me in this relationship. Right? All these examples that are close to home and some not close to home are the realities of family. We need God's help. We need to be reaching out to God regularly, asking him for direction. And this is the, again, this is the posture that we see the saints having here in the early church. As I've read through all these different passages where they were seeking the Lord, they were, where they were depending upon the Lord for him to act, for him to move, and where they were also seeking his direction, his wisdom, his will in all of these avenues. 
If we see, yeah, if we see the Lord Jesus himself, as we see the early saints themselves and all throughout the letters, how much more as we as a people today, church today, a people of God today, how much more should we be asking God for direction? So my encouragement, my, my challenge to all of us as we go into this week with those challenging situations that you will face, with those hard situations that you will face in your marriage, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your work, with roommates or whomever, that we would seek and continue to seek God's direction in all things. And if you haven't, because we don't do it perfectly, we're imperfect, and as you haven't, if you haven't, just this week, here's the good news. The good news, Christian, is that you can get a fresh start. Amen. That the gospel in that what Jesus has done on your behalf and my behalf by coming and living a perfect sinless life, dying the death that you all, we all deserve on the cross for our sin, being buried in the grave, on the third day being raised from the dead, offering life, salvation to all who turn from sin and turn to him by faith. Our response being repentance and one of faith, as is true, and that means, family, that this good news grants you a fresh start. So if there are ways in which this, just this weekend you have not sought God's help, you have not sought God's direction, you have not depended upon him, when the gospel says you can do that afresh now. That you can turn from your dependency on yourself and other means that are not God. And that you can turn away from those things and turn to dependency upon God by putting your confidence in him continuously. And trusting him. So that's the good news for, for us, Christian. Amen. And then the good news for, for non-Christians would be that they can be granted this access in Christ. They can be, they can be granted this dependency upon God and be directed by God if they would turn from themselves, turn from sin, that is clinging so closely, and turn to Christ. Put your confidence in him and believe upon him. And the Bible says once you do that, once you believe upon him, that you continue to believe upon him. That's, that, if you think about believing, we're depending upon God. <laughs> continuing to believe, continuing to put our dependence upon him. And we keep on doing that, Christians and future Christians alike. Amen? Amen.
so that's, that's us being dependent. That's us being directed. I'm just encouraged to end, just encouraged as we, we wrap up this, this series. I've just been encouraged by all of the ways we get to continue to live this out as a church. So let me just remind us and encourage us, if, if even the ways we have been and, and even some, some new ways, Lord willing, that we are seeking to, to depend on God more and be directed by God more, right? Well, one of those are our Sunday gatherings, like what we do now, coming together week in and week out to depend upon God, <laughs> to be directed by God through, through worship, through God's word. So in our Sunday gatherings, this is why this is, this is an important time, right? The Lord's Day being the time that the Lord's people comes together to worship Jesus for all that he is and all that he's done and to come together as a witness and an encouragement to one another that, that we are all depending upon God together as a faith community, as a body. Amen? Amen. And then also, Lord willing, as we, we start on the first Sunday of each month, devoting the, that chunk of time after the service to concentrated prayer and eating a meal together, spending that fellowship time together. And so that being a, a new way that I'm really excited about, and I hope you all are as well, that we get to come together and do that and invite folks into that. Amen. Invite folks who are coming, who may not be a part of our church or who are in the neighborhood who we just shared the gospel with that morning to come and be a part of this prayer time where we are expecting God to move as he does always. We do this in our small groups as well. Right? In, our, in our pods, in our small groups, right? opportunities for us to come together outside of a Sunday gathering during the week to help one another depend on God more and to help one another to be directed by God. I know when we chop it up in our different pods, man, we're coming together, we're, we're, we're checking in on folks, we're asking how's life, what's going on, how can we be of an encouragement to you, we're seeking wisdom from one another, from God's word. It's just another beautiful way where we get to continue to live that out as a church body. We do that personally, right? In our own time, personally, going before the Lord, reading God's word, seeking God's wisdom. So doing that personally in our quiet times with the Lord. So maybe we do that all the more, all the more. And may, may we prioritize that, as we talked about in week one. May we continue to prioritize that sweet time that we get to spend with Jesus on a daily basis where we seek to depend upon him more and more to work in our lives. Amen? Amen. Do that not only in yeah, like small group settings, but we also do that in just one-on-one setting, right? But we get up with one sister to another or one brother to another, seeking to live this out as well. And the list can go on and on and on. I pray that as we go into this week and as we go into the weeks ahead and months ahead and years ahead, as, as the Lord tarries, I pray that we as a church would continue to devote ourselves to prayer. 
to to know it and to see it personally in our lives, but then corporately as a body, as of importance. And something, again, just to think about John O's definition, that prayer is like breathing, that we cannot live without it. We cannot be strong Christians without prayer, without God's word. And so may we, as we end, as Sister Nikki, as the team comes back up, may we, family, stay devoted to prayer. May we devote ourselves to all of these things that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. And ultimately, may we devote ourselves to Jesus, to his church, to his mission, for his glory. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please indeed help us to do just that, Lord, to devote ourselves continually to prayer. Lord, help us to be reminded again, Lord, that that one, we have been granted access to you through your son by your spirit to come to your throne of grace and that we can always come to your throne of grace. Help us, Lord, to yeah, Lord, be, be coming regularly, eagerly, daily to you. Being dependent upon you and being directed by you in every aspect of our lives, in every aspect of our church. And as a result, God, would you continue to evidence fruit, Lord. Grant fruit, Lord, as we devote ourselves to the simple ordinary biblical things, Lord, that we've been looking at over these last few weeks. I pray that this has encouraged our body. I pray that this has edified us, that it also has, um, yeah, Lord, invigorated us more and more into your vision, your vision for your church and what we are to be and what we are to do as your people that's determined by your word. And so, Lord, would you help us more and more to devote ourselves to these things? And would you be glorified, be pleased? God, we want, yeah, we want to see yeah, you magnified here in Congress Heights. We want to see you adored here more and more in Congress Heights, Lord. Would you use us in some small way, Lord, to just magnify you here and to see our unconverted friends and family members who live in these contexts or so forth and so forth come to know you and enjoy you and devote their lives to you. Please do it, God, and get the glory in doing it. We love you. And we praise you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Amen.